Lord, in this place, we ask for your grace to be poured out that we could certainly give you everything. Lord, that we could bring our emotions, that we could bring our thoughts, our concerns before you. Trusting your love is unconditional. And your grace goes deeper than the pain that we experience. We praise you for this, and we ask that you would bless the preaching of your word. Lord, we pray that you would come upon me by your spirit to proclaim and herald the good news of the gospel, that you would come upon us to hear what your spirit is saying to the church today. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Friends, we've had a change of plans since last Sunday morning. We gave you a reading assignment, and the plan had been that we were going to preach on joy. Well, we're preaching on lament today. How can we look at world events and sometimes not have the Lord just wake us up and say, we need to make a change of plans? And so that's what the Lord has done for us this morning is that we're going to be looking at Psalm 79. And it's a community that laments together. And so Psalm 79, if you'll turn in your Bibles. We've been looking at David and the Psalms of David. And this is a Psalm of Asaph. And I want to say that this is a professional worshiper, singer, assigned to bring songs before the Lord at all times. They think maybe he wrote down, maybe transcribed words of David, but this isn't a psalm of David. But this is somebody that needed to keep worship going in the temple night and day. And our lives have plenty of joyful times. But our lives also have many times of struggle and difficulty. And so how do we worship the Lord? How do we pray in those times where things are dark and difficult? And so this is the song that's been recorded for us with these lyrics. O God, the nations have invaded your inheritance. They have defiled your holy temple. They have reduced Jerusalem to rubble. They have left the dead bodies of your servants as food for the birds of the sky, the flesh of your own people for the animals of the wild. They have poured out blood like water all around Jerusalem, and there is no one to bury the dead. We are objects of contempt to our neighbors, of scorn and derision to those around us. How long, Lord, will you be angry forever? How long will your jealousy burn like fire? Pour out your wrath on the nations that do not acknowledge you, on the kingdoms that do not call on your name, for they have devoured Jacob and devastated his homeland. 
Do not hold against us the sins of past generations. May your mercy come quickly to meet us, for we are in desperate need. Help us, God, our Savior, for the glory of your name. Deliver us and forgive our sins for your name's sake. Why should the nation say, where is their God? Before our eyes, make known among the nations that you avenge the outpoured blood of your servants. May the groans of the prisoners come before you. With your strong arm, preserve those condemned to die. Pay back into the laps of our neighbors seven times the contempt that they have hurled at you, Lord. Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever. From generation to generation, we will proclaim your praise. This is the word of the Lord. Sometimes violence happens, and sometimes it happens on an individual basis, and sometimes a community faces violence. And I read a book over my vacation by Debbie McComer. I don't know if any of you have read any of her novels. This was my first one. Um, And I'm not giving away the big storyline, so you can still, I'm not, um, I don't want to discourage sales of her books. So I'm just telling you a little, you know how they develop characters, and so a story within a story. And I'm telling you one of the side stories that's in it, but it fits our story of our um, sermon. It's about a boy, about a middle school-age boy named Mark. He was the pastor's son, and unfortunately his mom had died. And the pastor was left a widower with two children to raise. Mark was having a difficult time losing his mom, but he also was having a difficult time with some of his peers at school. You see, Mark was a little bit smaller than most of the other kids, and they picked on him. They bullied him. And so that started, that bullying started with words and mean things that they said. But then it started that they started beating him up. Mark's dad drew the pastor. He was busy. He was grieving his own grief. He was trying to care for a congregation who was grieving the loss of the pastor's wife. And so... He noticed that his son was withdrawing a little bit, but, you know, there was a lot going on, and he didn't pay that much attention. Well, things got worse. Mark got beat up. He got a black eye, as I recall in the book. Some of the details I forget, but it it got worse. It got worse, and then the kids started asking him, demanding, really, that he do their homework for him. And then they started demanding his lunch money. And Mark started to just withdraw into video games. They noticed he wasn't talking at the dinner table and that he just quickly scooted over to play video games. And they thought, what's wrong with Mark? But they thought, well, he's just grieving his mom. And his dad, he didn't notice. It happened that there was money missing from the church collection. And they thought that they were going to Accused, they did accuse. Actually, the pastor had started seeing a woman, and they accused her because she had a bad background, and they accused her of stealing money from the offering. 
Well, she knew that it was little Mark that had stolen money. But she promised him that he, she wouldn't say anything, but that he was going to tell his dad. But you see, Mark just had such a hard time going and telling his dad. Because Mark was embarrassed, he was ashamed, he was hurting, he didn't know how to deal with his feelings. And you know, finally, and here I am crying, and I cried when I read the story too. But here's little Mark, and all of a sudden, it all comes out that he's the one that stole the money because the kids were basically, it was extortion. That dad just wrapped his arms around his son, and he says, let's go talk, son. And they go off to talk. What Mark needed was he needed to be able to tell his dad how he was feeling, what was happening, the wrong that was being done to him, and he had been carrying it alone. And good dads bring their sons close, and they say, tell me all about it, son. And our good Heavenly Father brings us and invites us to bring things close, to bring come close to Him and to tell everything that's going on. And He invites us to do that when God's people are violently attacked. We need God's healing. We need His protection. Just like Mark needed the protection and the healing that his dad could offer, we need this from our Heavenly Father. God's people encountered a horrible attack. Back before Christ was born in 587, there was the destruction of Jerusalem. They were God's chosen people, and God was present with them. And Psalm 74 talks about the temple being destroyed, but this psalm really focuses on the killing of God's people. The murders, the blood, the bloodshed, the deadness. And the, the people weren't, there weren't even people to go and bury them. And it, was, it dishonors God's creation. Humans are made, it's the sanctity of life. Humans are made in God's image. And we're to be respected and honored even in our death in burial. And you see, they weren't burying the dead. There was actually nobody around hardly to do it. They were scared to death. And here, it's, their bodies are out, just laying out for all to see. Dead, blood poured everywhere. It was a political crisis. It was an economic crisis. It was a theological crisis. God, where are you? We are your people. And we're supposed to be this this demonstration to the world of a people that God takes care of and blesses. And where are you, God, that this kind of horrible violence could happen? And it could happen right here in Jerusalem. God's design to help his children deal with their emotions and all of their crises, including the theological ones, is he says, come to me. And he wants us to learn how to lament together and to pray prayers of lament. What is lament? It's a passionate expression of grief and complaint. It means to sob, to moan, to mourn, to clamor and cry out. If we're clamoring, we're making a commotion. We're making some noise. And the opposite of that, the antonym, the opposite is to be silent. God asks us to make some noise, to bring our emotions, to bring the things that hurt to him. Just like the son needed to come to the pastor dad 
with all of his feelings and all of the hurt. The city needed to come together. It's a communal lament. They did it together. We can lament individually, and there's psalms that show that. Today we're talking about how do we bring our hurt together as a community to the Lord. There's four parts to a lament, to a lament psalm. There's the address, oh God. Oh God, that's the address. Oh Almighty God. And I wonder as they sang this song how long it took of a pause before they could say anything else or sing anything else. You know, music has those rests where we're just pausing for a bit. And I wonder when things are that horrible, Sometimes all we can get out is, oh, God. But, you know, he's patient. He waits. We're an impatient people. If people, if the words don't keep coming, it's like, well, what's wrong? And they start getting uncomfortable. God waits until we can get it out, until we can say what it is. And he wants us to bring the next part is our complaint. What's wrong? God, this isn't right. God, these things happen and this isn't right. What does this psalm complain about? They've defiled your holy temple. They've left the dead bodies right out there. They've poured out blood like water. Just like a fountain. (sighs) Human blood everywhere. We are objects of contempt to our neighbors. These are the complaints that they are invited to bring. Bring it all. Name the problem. It's not pretty, but it's raw honesty. I was trying to find some lament songs, and I was listening to YouTube videos early one morning from about 5 to 7 trying to find something. In contemporary Christian, there's not much. And I came on this video of of Eugene Peterson and Bono. It was an interview. It was very interesting. A professor from Fuller Seminary had interviewed them. And Eugene Peterson says that in our culture, that honesty and lament is just a very, very rare thing. It's very, very hard to find contemporary lament songs. Guess where the most of them that um, I was able to find them? Just telling you this. The old gray Psalter hymnal. There's a lot of lament psalms in there. Our contemporary Christian music doesn't have so many. But in this, in this video, Eugene Peterson was saying, as a culture, we've just gotten away from lament. We want to just have these, like, um, you know, even in funerals, we want to have a celebration of life instead of a funeral, a lament of death. And yet half the psalms are lament psalms. What do you think about that? I think God wants us to lament. I think he wants us to bring our hurts and our pains. And Bono said he loves the Psalms because David danced naked before the truth, and the truth would set us free. Bono also said, if you know Bono, Bono, music artist, worldwide music artist, he said this, as Christians, we're to be porous to God and transparent. God wants the truth, and the truth will set us free. Bono said he thinks people are suspicious of Christians because they're not too realistic. And I think that maybe that's in part because we've gotten away from the lament. We've gotten away from naming those things that are hurtful, and that makes us somewhat disconnected then from what's happening in culture. 
when a, when a situation like last Sunday and a church gets shot up and 26 people are murdered, if we just went on with um, worship this Sunday and went on with like psalms of joy and didn't stop to say something is wrong in this world, there'd be a problem. We'd be disconnected from culture. The Psalms invite us to all the feels. You know that little phrase, all the feels? I'm feeling the feels. You re- read that maybe on blogs and all. I'm feeling the feels. Opera singers feel the feels. They sing the high notes and they sing the low notes. Right? The Lord wants us to be like opera singers. He wants us to bring all the hard feelings and the deep place feelings and the joyful high notes of our lives. He wants us to bring it all and bring it to him. And in these complaints, we bring the low notes, the deep notes, the guttural. Oh, God, this is wrong. This in the world is wrong. This in my lives and in our lives is wrong. God, we're crying out to you. We're complaining. We're saying the blood should not be poured out like water. We're saying that, Lord. And we're asking you and we're requesting of you. Our third part is request. What do we want the Lord to do about it? And there's a lot of things that the psalmist says they want the Lord to do about it. The people were saying, pour out your wrath. Don't hold the sins of us and our generations before us against us. Let your mercy come quickly. We're asking you, send your mercy and send it fast. Help us, God. Deliver us, God. Forgive us, God. Avenge us, God. Pay back and honor your name in the earth. Honor your name. These requests come, and then there's an expression of trust. You see, when we say, oh, God, and we turn to God, that's our everything. We're turning our faith to him. And when we declare that we believe we're going to be singing his praises forever, it's again, it's saying this and what we're seeing right now isn't the end of the story. You see, God has a plan for us. It was, yes, we live in a fallen world, but he would be our redeemer. And that's why they would cry out, Messiah, Messiah. They're waiting for the deliverer. They're waiting for the redeemer. They're waiting for the Savior to come. And so when we know we have a Savior, we have hope that this doesn't, death does not have the last say. Violence does not have the last say. Expressing our trust, and we're going to do that together in a little bit. A God of justice and a God of mercy. God is the judge, and he'll be the one that pays back. Notice they're not looking for revenge. They're asking God to be, take vengeance. And to pay back seven times into the laps of the neighbors, seven times a full time, pay him back fully for what they've done, God. They're asking him to be the judge, to address injustice, and to address it fully. They're asking him to do things that he's already said he was going to do. And so when there is a problem, he's already said, sin, the wages of sin is death. He's said, I'll be your God, I'm going to be your Savior. I'm going to be your deliverer, but there will be consequences for those that don't follow me. When we see injustice and when we just look at something and say, this is not right, we are actually saying, then there is a right and there is a wrong. 
And in a culture that wants to just say, well, what's okay for you is okay for you. What's okay for me is okay for me. This is relativism. But there are things that we just look at and go, this is wrong. And when a shooter comes in and at point-blank range shoots babies because they cried and goes along and shoots people for innocent people for no reason, no one can say, oh, well, that's just okay if you feel like doing that. No, it is wrong. It is wrong, and it points us to say there is somebody, and his name is God Almighty, who is the one who has said, do not kill, and do not commit adultery, and do not steal. And when things are wrong, they're wrong, and it's because they're going against the plan of God who knew how to create things and how to run things so that we would flourish as human beings. And when we violate that, when we violate God's order, his moral order, that's when we see these awful things that happen and the effects of it. Our weakness, I ran across this quote, our weakness does not horrify God. Now think about that. We sometimes celebrate, oh, you're so strong, you're so brave, or whatever. Our weakness does not horrify God. Actually, God knew we were weak, and that's why he is strong. And that's why he is our strength. He loves us. Says that he, he well, I just can't get into it, but I just... In my study this week, this mercy, this idea of his mercy, send your mercy quickly. It says actually it would be better translated your motherly compassion because that word compassion or mercy is tied to the Hebrew word that comes from womb. So we were in him and he birthed us and he has loved us with a parental love that is so deep it goes to the depth of his core. God loves us. He loves us. He, de- he loves us in this weak little infancy state that we've been born into. And even as adults, we have this weakness. But he loves us because he's our parent. And just like that little boy, Mark, his dad loved him. He didn't care that he was small. He, didn't, he loved him. He wanted to encourage him and strengthen him when his tears were flowing like water because of the bullies that had beat him up. And our God loves us with that parental love that comes from the depth of his womb because he birthed us. And he says, come to me when you are weak and heavy laden. Our weakness does not horrify the Lord. He wants to heal our emotions, but we need to name our emotions and bring them to the Father. The imprecatory psalms, when this is saying... um, Pay them back into the laps of our neighbors seven times the contempt they've hurled at you. Other places we see things like smash the teeth or punch the nose of the bully in the paraphrase, one of the paraphrase psalms. Um, When we're praying for punishment of enemies, is that wrong? Well, it's biblical. And really, it's asking God to do what he's already said he's going to do. It's asking for justice. It's not a magic. It's not placing a curse on someone. And the primary difference between a curse and an imprecatory psalm is that it's asking, and the concern is for God's name to be honored. It's not so much about ourselves, but it's about God's name to be honored. These sentiments are understanding the whole of Scripture. 
And so, yes, there's a place where we forgive and we bless our enemies. But we first need to name what the wrong was. Forgiveness can be lip service unless it goes to the heart level. And part of going to the heart level is saying, God, I choose to forgive them for doing this. It made me feel and name our feelings because our feelings got hurt and we need the Lord to help us by healing our feelings. And I wonder, when we're stuffing our feelings and we're just pushing it down, and I don't know about you, but when I watch the news night after night and it's difficult, painful news, I kind of start to just shut down my heart and push it down. And pretty soon, if I'm trying to push down those hard, painful feelings that want to come up, the tears and the cries, I'm working so hard to push it down that I don't have the energy for the joy in my life. And pretty soon we could all be kind of flatlining. And if you look at cultures where there isn't the hope of Jesus Christ, what you see is a bunch of flatlining kind of emotions and dullness. And the Lord doesn't want that. He came for us to have life and to have it to the full. And that means bringing our pain and our difficulty, our difficult emotions up to the Lord to say, God, this is wrong and it's made me feel this way. Just by seeing the news, it made me feel this way. It made us feel this way. Righteous indignation is morally preferable to indifference about evil and human suffering. Think about that one. Think about that quote. Righteous indignation is morally preferable to indifference about evil and human suffering. We cannot look at a video of the Holocaust and be indifferent and be ones that stand for life. We cannot watch the news and listen to what's happening in our world with sexual brokenness and with violent crime and be indifferent and care about God's moral order and justice. There is a place and a time, and today is the place and the time, where we name our current events that we're facing and we say, God, oh God, We feel this way about this thing. These are the things that are wrong that I've heard about. These are the things that are wrong that have happened. Lord, intervene. And so we pray the prayer of complaint. We pray a psalm, a prayer about the current events. I've named some of them. The massacre down at that church. In the last month, We've also had New York City and a rental truck plows into bicyclists and innocent pedestrians. Las Vegas and the mass shooter that shoots from a high window and shoots them like target practice, picking off skeet or something, but no, picking off lives and wounding hundreds and hundreds of people. In the news In the Mediterranean Sea, 26 young teenagers, girls, 14 to 18, found dead. They're wondering, was it human traffickers? Because they're trying to escape from Niger to Europe. And what happens? People take advantage of them. Churches, when people come in and step in and burn them or hurt people when they're worshiping. Yes, that happened here in America. It happens in Egypt regularly and other places around the world. There is much, family, that we can pray about today. 
and that we can grieve together today, and the Lord is inviting us to do just that. And so the way we're going to do that is we're going to bring the microphone to you and invite you to pray your prayer out loud and let us join in in complaining to the Lord together and asking him to intervene. And so, Lord, hear our prayers. Stir in us to cry out and to clamor and to make some noise about what we see that's not right in the world. And so, Lord, give us courage to pray. And so as you raise your hand, the microphone will be brought to you. people in Burma who are being driven from their homes, whose people are being tortured and killed, and who are in massive, Rohingya people who are in massive camps in Bangladesh suffering, watch over them and heal them. Lord, you said, vengeance is mine. You are the judge. We can be very upset at what's going on in this world, but you are the judge, and the vengeance is yours. there is so much evil and hatred and brokenness in this world and God we just cry out come soon come save us from ourselves from our own hearts of evil um, from the temptations of this world come heal come bind our wounds God we know that you will redeem all things Someday you will make all things new, but right now it's not that way and we're hurting. And we know that you're here with us and you hurt with us, you cry with us. Lord, right now we are not comforted, we are hurting. We just lift up this lament to you and ask that you would stretch out your arm and that you would bring um, righteousness, Lord, to this earth. God, we're angry about um, millions of people in North Korea who live like slaves and who are forced to bow before a despot. 
and um, to serve a human being and who live in poverty. And God, we ask that you would just would, would move in power to remove Kim Jong-un and to put him in his rightful place. And we pray that your kingdom would come and would liberate and would bring freedom to people and would bring the gospel into North Korea. problem with racism in this country and in us other countries. It comes to, sometimes it comes down to violence and other times protest. We cry out to you to help bring peace to this land. And Lord, you know there's so much disrespect in, uh, in our political system. We pray, Lord, that that would be abolished, that people would love each other and show uh, respect for uh, the office that people have and for, for uh, you putting them in office. We pray, Lord, that you would uh, punish those people that punish your people. We think of ISIS. So many Christians, Lord, have suffered for your namesake just because they love you. And we ask, Lord, that justice would reign, that you would um, support those uh, laws in uh, you, the United Nations, and that there would be an uh, enforcement so that thy name might be glorified, Father, and that your children would be saved and, uh, from this persecution that is so undeserved. God, kids are trafficked for sex. That should never be. Lord, please protect them. right now I just feel like I'm lamenting my own indifference and just lamenting my own quietness to what's happening around the nation and the world and I haven't known how to enter in Um, and at times it's been um, just easier to um, just turn things off and to not engage and so Lord I just bring that before you and say I don't even know how to lament and say that I don't even know what's going on um, most of the time in this nation and in the world around. And I ask that you would um, really transform and change my own heart to lament the things that are grieving your heart. Lord, that you would um, that you would be the one to guide me in that process, not to just enter um, flippantly, but to enter by your spirits, leading to really grieve for the things that are grieving your heart in the world. So, yeah, I just lament my own um, sin and indifference in that, Lord, and ask that you would awaken my heart 
to, um, to step into grief um, for the things happening around us. pray that you would frustrate the plans of the wicked. We pray that you would allow your spirit to flow in places where it's never been allowed before, that it may bring peace and joy in your kingdom. facing terrorism and other countries are doing the same extremists are trying to create chaos and disrupt everyday living they don't care who they kill it includes children men, women, teenagers law enforcement municipality workers they don't care who they hurt they just hurt want to hurt them so that they can disrupt everything Lord, for all the kids who are brought up in situations because of their parents' situation, and the cycle is just repeated, and children aren't loved, and they're abandoned, Lord, that's not what you want for them. You love them deeply. Lord, break the cycle. Father, we live in a time of war where there are millions of Middle Eastern people displaced. Father, instead of being looked at as lost sheep, they are looked at as criminals. So, Father, I pray that you would raise up a mighty church to love these people, Lord, and to bring them to you. And at the same time, Father, there are millions of men and women who go to war not knowing what they're getting into, Lord, and they come back broken and lost and sick, and their bodies are broken, Father, and they aren't cared for, and they aren't taken care of and so Lord I pray would you um, bring support systems to all these people Lord would you turn their eyes to you would you raise up situations that would bring them care and love that would bring healing and restoration to all these people King Jesus I lament um, our culture of misplaced worth Lord that many people that um, we know put their worth in perfection, in performance, in hard work, um, in earthly objects. And Lord, you do not say that we are worthy because of things that we do or things that we have, but we are worthy simply because 
you created us. And you've said that we are perfect and beautiful in your eyes. And Lord, I pray that that truth would wash over your people. And Lord, that it would set them free. Lord, we also want to, <clears throat> want to remember those who can't speak for themselves. Those unborn that are taken far too early or sacrificed for the wrong reasons, Lord, and we pray that we might speak for them, might, might speak for that injustice as well. Lord, I lament that we have political leaders in this country and around the world that do not know you and do not worship you and instead look to themselves and look to their own pride, their own thoughts, their own uh, self-worth and, and made fame and, and wisdom. Um, Lord, and they, as a, re- as a result, lead people, lead us astray. And Lord, we look to them as our leaders and we, um, and we place them on a pedestal that they should not be on. God, you are king. And God, when we look to political leaders to save us, when we look to political leaders to fix our economy or to, or, or to fix our housing or anything else, God, we're not looking to you. God, we need to look to you. Lord, rather than placing our hope in a new um, political system or in this party or that, help us to look to you. And help us to reflect you, God rather than cause division and loss of friendship and loss of family because we refuse to look to you and to humble ourselves. God, it's an age-old thing and you, you told us that, that, um, that it would be this way if we asked for a king. And yet, the Israelites still asked for a king. And so you you gave them a king. And so, Lord, we still suffer from this. Lord, help us to humble ourselves. To set you as the king of our hearts. Lord, we lament on behalf of all the women, the wives that are being abused by their husbands, are being in struggle where they are condemned in their house, where they cannot speak. May they be able to speak forward. May they be able to rise up and bring the Lord in their homes to their children. May the husbands bow down before them and ask Jesus for forgiveness for what they have done. I ask this all in Jesus' name. And Lord, we lament the violence of our culture. God, the last thing I saw in my news feed last night before I went to bed was that a three-year-old had shot a one-year-old because the parent put a loaded gun in the bed with a child and left him. And I just want to say how long, oh Lord, how long 
Are we going to have to raise our children in such a violent culture where how do we talk about this and how do we explain it when it's just wrong? And Lord, all the video games that are just perpetuating violence. Lord, we ask that you would shut off the supply and demand, like interfere with that cycle. And Lord, create a demand for holiness and a desire for righteousness and to celebrate life and to value life and to live rightly. Lord, I pray that you would raise up your church to stand in the place to be the priestly people that you've called us to be, to pray and to pray without ceasing until we see your kingdom come, until we see your will being done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, Lord, thank you that you give us the opportunity to pray. I thank you that you've heard the prayers that have been prayed communally here. And, Lord, I pray that you would help us to continue to lament, Lord, to lament as a community, to learn how to stand in this priestly role and also how to do it with the hope, the sure and certain hope of your promises. Lord, these people close this psalm by saying, Then we, your people, the sheep of your pasture, will praise you forever. From generation to generation, we will proclaim your praise. And Lord, I thank you that that's possible because they could refer to you as Almighty God and covenant keeping Lord and Savior. And Lord, we thank you for the promises that you give us. And so hear these words, church, these words from the Lord. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, They will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze, for I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And be reminded of these words and live in this hope, this certain hope because of Jesus Christ. These words from Revelation 7. After this, I looked And there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God, who sits on the throne, and to the Lamb. Then one of the elders asked me, These in white robes, who are they? And where did they come from? I answered, Sir, you know. And he said, These are they who have come out of the great tribulation, the time of trouble. They have washed their robes and been made white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore, they are before the throne of God and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will shelter them with his presence. Never again will they be hungry. Never again will they thirst. The sun will not beat down on them, nor any scorching heat. For the lamb at the center of the throne will be their shepherd, and he will lead them to springs of living water. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. This is the word of the Lord.
Thanks be to God.